What is going on, guys? This is Brendan Burns, and welcome to The Brendan Burns Show. Join me as I interview, dissect, and share the stories of high performers who have created the life that they deserve on their terms. I sit down with speakers, professional athletes, and successful entrepreneurs from all over the world who have chosen to live a life of fulfillment and joy over status and money. In each episode, I share actionable strategies that you can implement in your life, plus inspiration along the way. So come join me for this episode of The Brendan Burns Show. Thanks so much for joining us. We're here to talk Shopify secrets, Facebook ads. First of all, Paul, how did you get into all this stuff? Uh, well, I've, I've always had an entrepreneurial mindset and I was kind of looking at different paths and different avenues of what I wanted to do because my main focus was learning how to make money online and make money while I sleep. So um, I actually came across a course by uh, Adrian Morrison that was basically offering to teach exactly how to set up a Shopify store, exactly how to run Facebook ads. And once I started, you know, putting that all together, it, um, it, it was a great crash course. And then since then, I ended up getting uh, a number of different mentors to kind of coach me through the different stages of the process. And in the process, I built a six-figure business. So that was pretty exciting. <laughs> That's awesome. And and yeah. now you, with this expertise and knowledge that you have, you're planning to go full-time and do this and potentially live around the world like in Bali? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the goal. Um, basically, I'm setting up a consulting business and a practice where I can help people and, uh, you know, basically take what they're doing, whatever, you know, sales system that they have, <clears throat> excuse me, in place and, and essentially just building that uh, funnel out for them to deliver them, you know, whatever it is, whether it's clients or delivering them sales on their website, you know, depending on, uh, you know, who's reaching out and what their, their main driver is. I love it. So, yeah. so someone comes to you and says, Hey Paul, I, uh, I work in finance and I hate my job and I, I have a few products in mind. So I want to set up a Shopify store and then run Facebook ads to do the sales. What would you say is kind of the first step for them? Like they're setting up the Shopify store, maybe they have something set up, but what are sort of the, the biggest mistakes people make or the most important things when getting that actual Shopify site and store set right. up? Well, it's like building a house. You really may need to make sure that you have the foundation set before, you know, kind of moving forward. You want to really basically set up the um, set up the framework, I guess, is the best way to put it. And the one thing your store has to convey before anything else is trust. Uh, there's so many different uh, stores online um, that and you, you, you can take take a dart and throw at one of them. It's not set up properly. It's basically set up to where it's looking um, untrustworthy. So you really have to establish trust. And once you've kind of built the tools around your site to make it look like a very trustworthy site that's done business, and you know you can call in with questions, you can you can email with questions if you're you know not sure. That's the most important element in in uh, in sales. Basically, is trusting you know who you're doing business with and. You know, the, the next thing is whatever they're selling, it has to be something that people want. And you get that by just testing uh, different products and different audiences and until you find that sweet spot. And, uh, you know, from there, you start building a back end upsell funnel that uh, just increases your average order value and your, your average, uh, you know, client value, basically. 
Well, I, re I really want to ask you some more questions about that because I remember being on a plane somewhere. And before I get on a plane, I always throw a couple of good ebooks onto my iPad. And one of them was uh, .com Secrets by a guy oh, named yeah. Russell Brunson. Russell Brunson, yeah. <laughs> the leader. Yeah, and it was amazing because he's talking about how he would spend $10 on ads and then make $10 in sales. And he's like, okay, you can grow an email list and break even and get experience. But it was when he implemented that second page after you bought the first product where it's yep. buy five more for the price of two. That's yeah. where all the magic was happening. And Absolutely. I actually just want to quickly say hi to Jen. I don't know if she can hear us. Um, Jen, thanks for joining in. Are you there? Yeah, yeah I can hear you. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Cool. So we're running this as a live stream in the Facebook group, so you can watch there, but you're more than welcome to stay here too. And we're going to be talking about Facebook ads, Shopify, store, online business stuff. I know you've taken Sam Ovens consulting program. So if you have any questions at all, feel free to hop off mute and chime in. Cool. Thank you so much. Of course. So Paul, we were Shopify store building trust. How do you do? I mean, is that kind of just obvious, like keeping it clean, not spammy, but how do you make a Shopify store seem trustworthy? Well, the, it really comes down to professional product images first and foremost, because uh, that's the first thing that's a going to draw them from your ad to the landing page that they're going to see. On top of that, you want to basically have a description that, first of all, addresses the need, like, you know, what, what, why they landed there in the first place. Usually it might uh, speak to the promotion that got them there, like if it's a discount that's starting, um, and, and talk a little bit about the product. And, you know, the best way to do this is to find the best person in, in online doing this and, you know, not copy, but basically hack their descriptions to kind of mirror what you're, what you're trying to sell. So if it's a watch, go to top top selling, you know, watch websites and look exactly how they're laying out the criteria. Is it, are they calling it a timepiece? Are they calling it a, a watch? You know, what are the, what are the key, um, you know, copy the words that they're using in the description. And, and after that, it's, I, I always put a guarantee, like, listen, if you're not a hundred percent satisfied with this product, we'll, we'll take it back with, with no, uh, no hassles whatsoever. And uh, on top of that, reviews. So if you have a review on that product, it's creating social proof. It's creating, okay, other people have, have moved forward with this company, bought their product, and now I'm looking at other people's reviews uh, that look to be you know, in line with what I'm expecting my future outcome to be after I make this purchase decision. Mm -hmm. So by doing those things, having reviews on your site, having a guarantee, having some trust badges, these are the, the, the barriers because there's, there's unconscious barriers that people have when they're making any decision, whether it's a, for a purchase decision, for it, whether it's the decision to go outside versus order in, it doesn't matter. There's unconscious decisions that you're making, uh, even though you don't know you're making them. So by having these, these uh, layers um, uh, of trust that are built, you know, consciously, subconsciously at the same time, you're going to establish that trust with, with your consumer and they're going to be more willing to make a purchase with you. That's so smart. I, I love that idea on the reviews because I know that for me, I buy stuff. Like if I Google something and the company's website comes up for the product, but then Amazon comes up number two, I go to Amazon to read the reviews. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I also know, I don't know if Jen, if you saw this, but when you go to Sam Ovens' program, he has... I don't know if it's his main program or he's got another thing that's like a $1 trial and you get to the page and it's a digital, it's an online course and then he has reviews there, which he can control. 
uh, which is very smart of him. But it's just like nice, and he doesn't make it five stars. He makes it like 4.7 or something. But they're real reviews. They're real people who have taken the course or his testimonials. So, okay, so Shopify store, you want it to be trustworthy, money-back guarantee, um, reviews, look at the competitors. That's always great advice. After that, anything else before you kind of move on to the promotion and the Facebook ad side of things? Well, that actually, it, it is kind of two parts. So I talked about a back-end conversion funnel. Yeah. Um, so I typically wouldn't implement that right away. What you want to first do is see if you can sell this product. So, for right. example, let's just use the watch as an example. If I'm selling a watch... I want to start creating Facebook ads and driving traffic to that watch to see if, if we can we can convert this product because sometimes you know whether it could be the greatest watch in the world but if, if something in your in your system is not in line and you're you're you you have the right audience you're you're showing them your page but they're not buying there's a there's a reason for that and you need to basically diagnose what that is it could be the copy of the ad that you need to split test it could be the image or video that you're using in the ad that you'll need to split test mm -hmm. uh, it could be the actual offer uh and, you know whether it's you know save 25 percent, 50 percent, buy one get one whatever your offer might be uh you know each each offer is going to interact differently with your audience so before i really build a back-end funnel um of upsells i'm gonna i'm gonna first see if i can sell this particular product but in addition to that this process what you really want to have in place is uh retargeting setup so if someone if you set up an ad and they didn't buy the first time you have to have retargeting in place um and i use a dynamic retargeting ad so that basically they're gonna see the product that they were on you know so i it's, it's already set up to dynamically go find those people in the next seven days and hit them as many times as possible the next seven days with a message, something like, uh, haven't seen you in a while, Are you ready to make a purchase? And basically it'll show the image that they were already looking at. So already, you know, sometimes people don't make a decision on the spot, sometimes life gets in the way and they, they, they abandon the sale. When you catch them with remarketing, you're going to have a much higher conversion rate on that remarketing ad than you do even on your, your initial ad. Um, the other thing I have set up in place that I would encourage anyone running an online store is to have basically a pop-up window with a discount if because uh, you can tell when there's exit intent online, whether it's on your phone or if it's on a desktop. Mm -hmm. When people move the mouse to go close out a tab, you use an exit intent and it captures their email. And when you do this, you basically offer them a discount code or, or you know some sort of promotion to give away their email for, for um, free or give you their email to get that code. And then you can have a setup uh, of basically three abandoned cart emails or abandoned website emails that are going to hit them and say, hey, you know, we, we saw you were looking at this product get and that code. we just want to let you know that we've saved it for you because the inventory is running low. So you're showing some scarcity there. Mm -hmm. So if you make the purchase now, we, we've saved it for you. So, you, you know, you can just come back and get it, you know, and that's via an email. So that's, you know, another frame of retargeting to, to really just keep bringing them back until you get that sale. I love that. Yeah, I read somewhere. I don't know if Russell taught me this one or I saw it somewhere else, but the average purchase takes seven interactions. And yeah, I remember yeah. I remember when I was uh, first getting into this game of the online business world, uh, I got hit with some ads probably off some Google searches I'd been doing. And it was this woman's program called EBA, Elite Blog Academy. Okay. And the course was basically 
how to start a blog, how to turn it into six figure, seven figure business. And it was cross endorsed like crazy in this whole online world. Everyone had 40% affiliate links. And so a lot of people were trying to sell this thing. Yeah. And, and I, I knew it would be really helpful, but I didn't know if I was going to buy it. It was like six or $700, which believe it or not, was like a lot of money for me before I understood how this game works and how, it, how it's valuable to take out your wallet and invest in yourself in this yeah. process. So I was on the fence, even though I knew it would be good for me. And I watched the webinar and I almost bought it and I said no. And then I got a few follow-up emails and I was like a little bit closer and I said no. Then I saw a retargeting Facebook ad and I was like, fine, I'm going to buy this shit. And I, I take out my credit card and I'm yeah. putting everything in and I'm like literally about to hit finalize, confirm. And I'm like, no, nah, forget it. And then oh. the next day I got an email and this is where I think the email marketing is important. Yeah. And uh, they were like, last chance, you know, some discount. I was like, all right, I'm going to buy this thing. So they stopped showing me the ads. Yeah. <laughs> but but in all seriousness, man, it does it does wonders, the abandoned cart email sequence. Yeah, the abandoned cart, the retargeting. So um, so you have a lot of follow-ups in place. And I guess so you – and you have the exit intent on the website. But you also said you want to follow kind of the whole process because everything might be working except one step. And one question I was going to ask is like, is there such thing as just sending people to a, a product page that just says, here's the product, no discounts, no sales? Or do you always recommend, like if, if this watch is $100, for example, right. do you recommend pricing it at 200 with a 50% off? Or is that kind of look untrustworthy? I, I do. I, I, I've split tested this a number of times. And that's the interesting thing. Once you go down the rabbit hole of learning everything there is to know about e-commerce, that you're going to have gurus on both sides of the fence. Right. Right. And they're going to basically disagree with you this a number of times on every single thing we've just discussed. They're going to say, no, you don't want to have exit intent. It's cheesy. Or you don't want to have this. It's, it's too flashy. Yeah. I stick with data. So I basically split tested just about every possible scenario. And without fail, people are coming to your website when they see a discount or some sort of promotion. That's what gets them there in the first place. Unless the only time that this would not be applicable is if you are building a, a very specific brand. So if you are, you, you're, say you're a watch company and you have built a very specific kind of watch that no one else in the market has access to, and you really just want to build a brand, then I would take uh, some different steps of brand awareness and I would actually go kind of an influencer route to like say, you know, Kim Kardashian wears this watch or something, you know, where you're, you, 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 you're leveraging uh, somebody else's audience and, and trustworthiness for your specific brand. But if we're talking about, you know, selling t-shirts with, with like a logo on them, like what, what does someone need a t-shirt for? They don't really need a t-shirt unless they like the image. They're like, I can see myself wearing that, identify with that. And then you show them a little bit of a discount. They're going to, it's, it's like uh, fishing. You're, 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 you're chumming the waters with bait and you want to just get them to, each step of your sales process. So the, the least amount of steps that they need to take, the better. So I also also use um, scarcity timers. People tell people always said that these scarcity timers are, are spammy, cheesy, but guess what? They work. There's a reason why, you know, scarcity works. So you basically have a scarcity timer counting down and people, if they're making a decision on a $20 product, they're like, okay, this thing's going to be gone in, in the day. I don't know if I'll remember. I'm here now. Let me just purchase this. It's only 20 bucks, whatever you might be selling. So, you know, I've sold products anywhere from 
uh, free plus charging a shipping all the way up to, you know, about 80 to a hundred dollar products, uh, online. So, um, you know, all these elements, they, they stack up and it, it, like I said earlier about just, you know, building the trust, you're also, when you imply scarcity, it's just another, uh, you know, click of the combination inside what's going on in people's, um, psychological while they're making a decision. So when you start ticking all these boxes and basically unlocking their, their willingness to pull out their credit card and make a purchase, um, I use everything. So because I've tested the data versus having a countdown timer versus not, and it was, you know, 60% better, um, conversion rates when they were using the timer. So again, and that's for, that's for basically like a drop shipping store, right? I don't, I'm not married to any one product. So if you're selling a very specific, uh, product, like I mentioned, I used a watch earlier. If you're selling your own brand of watch and it's very specific, then maybe, you know, split test against those. So you don't, you know, you don't want your, your thing to look like a cheesy countdown or whatever, and you don't want to affect your brand that way. But I would always just say, look, look at the data and understand what, what is getting you to sale? Because let's be honest with ourselves. The most important thing is getting that sale. Yeah. I was also going to ask if you've ever seen any of these tools like proof or provely, which are social proofing tools and they have, you can set it up. So every time someone buys it, you can see the pop-ups in the bottom. Mm -hmm. Um, Do those work well with Shopify stores? Cause I use those on my sales page for my digital products. Yeah, they, they do. Uh, there, there's an app. Um, can't think of the name of it, but there are similar apps. Proof doesn't have one for Shopify, as far as I know, mm-hmm. but uh, there are ones very similar to that, like Jane in Wisconsin just purchased this particular item. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And it works great, um, especially if, if you are a company that is basically selling your own product, I would highly encourage it. Mm-hmm. If you are in like the drop shipping space, I would actually kind of stay away from it for the reason that if you are in going into drop shipping, which, you know, it, it's, it's pretty hot. It, a lot of people do it and, and it has its pros and cons, but I would avoid it because it's, it's a, you know, a blue ocean versus a red ocean in, in drop shipping. It's completely a red ocean. There's just sharks everywhere looking to steal the hot product that you just found and put it on their store and start doing it. So if you get a store with some notoriety, all of your competitors are going to be finding out what is selling on your store. And they're going to be using a number of ways to figure that out. And by having that pop-up showing what's selling every single second on your store or every minute, mm. they're going to be like, oh, okay, I need to, uh, That's interesting. to copy that product and put it in my store. So it can actually work to, to you know, be disempowering for you. But if you're selling your own product, I would 100% have that on there because it's just more social proof. It's showing people that other people are making this decision that you're you're debating on and they've already done it. Yeah, that's fascinating because I actually, if you don't set it up right, some of these tools will put it, pull names, but if they if the name doesn't pull, the email address will show. And I remember one of my competitors, she had, I was just chilling on her sales page and watching email addresses flow through of people who had either bought or signed up. And I was like, she needs to change this. Or like you said, it's yeah. going to be a red ocean. People are just going to be scraping those emails. And yeah. so, so maybe it's better to use some kind of social proofing tool, but don't designate too much information on like which products are, you can just say yeah. like, for example, proof you can put on the sale on any page you know, how many people have visited this store in the last seven days with like a yeah. red, something like that, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I have those uh, in, installed as well on my store. Yeah. Uh, 
from what I understand, there's also a way that you can use those uh, products that come up that people have purchased, the little pop-ups, and just they can be completely not true, just taking a product catalog and saying they bought these products. Right. Uh, so that's another option. I don't know which particular apps use that. The, the one that I had used, and I believe I had it turned off because I was – I had a really hot product and I didn't want my competitors stealing it. So like I, you know, I tried to, you know, keep them away as much as possible. Yeah. Until the product died down. That's the, that's the other disadvantage of drop shipping is the fact that you're, you're, you only have a time span of how long this product's going to go. And your, your job is to scale it as fast and as hard as possible and make as much money as, as humanly possible quickly. Mm. And then, you know, the product's eventually going to go down and, and get diluted and, and, you know, eventually die out. And so, okay, so to apply that, that's really helpful. So to apply that to the situation here, um, mm-hmm. if, if we want, if we have a watch, for example, mm-hmm. and you and we're branding it, can we use this as a branding exercise? Meaning if other people um, see how hot it is, like, but can we, and, and this is, there's also a subtlety here because the brand is actually not ours. It's, it's through drop shipping. So it's a Chinese company's brand. Okay. Yeah. Called, and, and like, so can we, for example, try to scale this as fast as possible while building the brand. And if other people try to compete, we've still built brand and we can, can we can leverage that to our advantage. Uh, yeah, you can. I mean, the, 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 the thing I would discourage is if you're, you're selling a watch, like I'll just use the watch example because there's a brand of watches called Winner that are drop shipped out of China. Mm-hmm. Um, they got cool looking designs, but they're, you know, the quality is probably 50% versus like if you're buying, you know, Swiss watch is a hundred percent, you know, some beautiful watch. Sure. So if you're going the route of basically using the same brand name as they're selling in China, if you, if anyone just Googles like what is winter watch, they're going to see AliExpress and all the other um, China places where most dropshippers will get their inventory from and they'll show how cheap the prices are. Right. Uh, Amazon's going to come up with those exact brand name watches for cheaper than you're selling it for. So what I like to do is basically create a different name, a different brand name. So say I'm selling that exact winner watch. I'm going to call it something completely different. Like, uh, I don't know, the majestic. And so, put so, it sell, so self-branded. So people can't uh, research yeah. and find out what you're doing and yeah, basically so cut the middleman out. Exactly. I would just create a whole new name and put a, the TM, the little trademark logo at the top of that name, so it makes it a little bit more. I mean, these are little tricks that you can do, but these it's are like, huge, these are huge tricks. This is yeah. gold. This is gold, man. Yeah, <laughs> we got people in the Facebook group commenting right now. J- oh, Jason, Blake, Tommy, this is amazing. Yeah, so that's typically what I would do in that situation. I would just give a give it a little trademark name, and you know, I wouldn't bother going to the trademark office to 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 do that. You don't need to. It's not like something people are going to be like, you know, searching databases for to find out if it's truly trademarked because everyone's selling you know, the same thing. Right, right. Okay. Um, any other kind of must do's or must don'ts on the Shopify store before talking about uh, the, like how to approach a Facebook ad strategy? Well, yeah. Uh, the, the, the other thing is once you, well, like once you've tested, you're like, this is my product. So, the Facebook strategy, will, what we'll get into in a second, is going to drive to that page. And once that page is converting uh, the best it can possibly be, you're going to want to set up a back-end conversion funnel, right? Uh, which is done, at, which I use in two different ways. I'll set up an automated email sequence. So say, for example, they've purchased something in the unicorn niche, right? 
Let's say I have different niches in my store, but they buy one unicorn necklace, let's say. I'm going to have an automated email sequence sent out to that individual every week for the next 10 to 20 weeks, all with different unicorn-related products, all with a discount attached to them, all with just one email with that image of that different product that they haven't seen yet. And it's going to basically hit them once a week, every, you know, in that niche, just unicorn slippers, unicorn earrings, unicorn hats, unicorn snuggies. I don't, I don't care what it is. It's going to stay within that niche and follow up on a, on an automated unicorn flavored kombucha. Exactly. (laughs) And, um, uh, but the other thing I would, I would do is to set up a a backend, um, upsell funnel. So essentially once they, they make that purchase from you, then they're showing an offer. Ne- never before. A lot of people like to use bundling apps and things like this. Uh, I highly discourage it because the most important thing with e-commerce sales is getting the sale as quickly as possible. Right. If you try to show them an offer before they get to their, their checkout and their our desired destination for them, they can get distracted. They can get uh, analysis paralysis with mm-hmm. too many good ideas. I don't have that much money. I can't think. And then just abandon the whole process. So I never show other products until they've purchased. They so can get uh, analysis paralysis. The they purchase mm-hmm. that product. Any good ideas? I don't have that much money. I can't think. As soon as they hit purchase, then they get brought up with a brand new offer that says, hey, this is a 10-minute offer. Thanks so much for purchasing. You can get this exact same product that you just bought for, let's say it's a watch for $80. I'll give you one more of these, the exact same watch for $50. And that's the back-end upsell. And the crazy thing with e-commerce is that most people don't understand or the, the pros know best, use the exact same product they just purchased. It seems so counterintuitive that like, no, why wouldn't I, you know, use the unicorn slippers? Like, what, why wouldn't I, why would I give them the exact same necklace when I can show them unicorn earrings as the upsell? That's a mistake. You want to use the exact same product because again, it's psychology. They've already decided to spend X amount of money with you to buy that product. And when you give them another product, the exact same product at an even lower discount, it's almost like, oh, no, how, how can I not do this? Wow. And then, so that's the back end upsell. And after they make that decision, whether it's a yes or no, you show them one more downsell. And you could do two upsells and one downsell. Uh, I typically do one, one big upsell, usually the same product, and then one downsell. And that would be a, a correlated product. So in the case of unicorn, uh, you know, necklace, is a unicorn necklace is the upsell and then we'll show them unicorn earrings as a downsell. So basically you're taking a purchase that could have been say $25 and turning it into an $80 sale at the end when it's done correctly. And then you'll see the, the data of how many people choose which upsell and you can split test what your upsells are and your downsells until you find the perfect combination of how many people buy and how many people upsell giving your average order value instead of being 25, something like 45. And that's um, all the that's difference you, in the, yeah. And that's how you win in this game because basically a lot of times when you're running, say, Facebook ads, and it might cost you $20 to acquire that customer. So if it's taking you $20 to acquire a customer, you another $30 or another $10 to pay for that product, and then, you know, you're selling it for $25, you are you're out the door, you're, you're losing $5. But if you can afford to pay $30 for customer acquisition because you know you're going to make $45 on the sale, then you have the $15 margin in the middle, and that's when you can start scaling ads like crazy and basically blow everyone else out of the water who's just selling that one thing. This is amazing. So I just want to confirm, just to 
make sure that everyone understands this. Um, so let's say they, they get to the page, they buy the watch, the first one. Mm-hmm. Do you wait until everything's confirmed and, and like they've paid and confirmed before? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was just making sure. You don't show them anything until you have got that sale. Yes. Once you get that sale, then you show them the back end up. up okay. Up. So after they con- the per- confirm the purchase, you show them the same product, just mm-hmm. one more unit at an even bigger discount. Bigger discount. So See, say I, I, just I, one, though, not like two more. No, no, just one more. Okay. Um, so basically, say that watch is $50 and we buy it for 20 right? So. Yep. $20 for us to buy that watch. We're, we're selling it for 50 I can sell that second watch for $30. 30 still make and, money. And now my overall, I'm 40 out the door, but I'm 80 in in, in the black. So yeah. we're making that much money back. Even though it's a tremendous discount on the second one, we're still making money on it. Got it. It's and free. then we're not paying extra money to acquire that extra upsell. Exactly. It's free. It's just all profit. And then, so, and then either, and then the fork in the road is either they buy it or they don't, but either way, then either you, way you got you, the sale. Yeah. And, and then also either way you show them one downsell product after that, right? Yeah. They're going to see that downsell product anyway. Um, and if they decide to make a purchase on that, great. You're still going to make like another two or three, four bucks, five bucks off that downsell product. Cause usually you want to keep that around like, a ten dollar all in type product where so it's almost like that would be uh, like a watch strap or something. Yeah, a different watch strap. Um I I even use a different watch. I've I've used a downsell watch that I that I've you know like a free plus shipping watch that I can get for uh three dollars wow. um from China and I'll sell it for ten. Well that the free plus shipping watch is basically it's completely free and then you charge ten for shipping but I don't really do that much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically the downsell product would be one of those kind of cheap watches. So it's $3, but I'll say you can get this watch for 10 And if it's a good-looking watch, and clearly we know they're into watches, then it's it's almost a no-brainer that they're going to say, what's another $10? I just spent 80 Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. So, that, you know, that's just another kind of one-off thing. And and, and when it's a, a scarcity sale, it's a flash sale. It's it, There's literally a 10-minute timer going down that says, this there's no page you can come back to to get this watch at this price, you know. Got it. So on the upsell and downsell countdown timer and messaging about how they can't find this page again. Great. Yeah, it's a one it's a one time offer, and that's what they get. And on top of that, we have the back end funnel that emails them each week for however many weeks if you want with the exact you know it's automated. They've already made the purchase. We got their email. Right. It's gonna be an automated email funnel for them every week we're going to show them a different kind of watch that they might want to add to their collection got it and who do you use for email autoresponders i use uh, mailchimp yeah it integrates very easily with shopify so that's what i use got it okay cool um and then in terms of like tracking the actual sales does shopify give you this data or do you do it through stripe um yeah i actually use Stripe for my upsell funnel, and I use um, Shopify payments to, to get the payments on, on the front end. And, and also, just like, what's your best way of just looking at the data to just kind of run the numbers and see? I have a daily uh, tracking sheet. So I have basically, I have a team that uploads my products into my store. I have a team that um, creates the videos for my ads. And then I have a backend team that handles uh, the fulfillment of all the orders and hand, uh, fulfill the, fill, uh, the fulfillment of the orders as well as uh, handling all my customer service emails and inquiries. 
Um, so basically, they are filling out a chart for me as we go. So I'll see exactly how much was spent on ads, how much we spent on the fulfillment of the product, and how much profit we made for that day. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I just so got it. You know, one of those things you check every morning. You see, okay, how did we do yesterday? We, we sold X number of units. We made X amount of money. And, uh, you know, it just gets filled in a chart every day. Wow. Okay. Um, ads or what else on Shopify? Yeah, I think we covered Shopify pretty good. I mean, there's there's a lot that goes into it. And, you know, I'm happy to help like, people. If they wanted to send me an email, I'd be happy to answer any questions if it's, you know, we didn't cover it enough. Yeah, what's your, I mean, we'll obviously get to this at the wrap up too. And you're in the yeah. Facebook group. So it's not like you're a foreigner here. But just for yeah. people who are like, right, this resonates with or might want your services or at least touch base, where can people find you? Just let's call this the halftime share your info yeah. plug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's Paul Matarelli at Gmail. Uh, dot com. That's the easiest way to get in touch with me. Paul M A T M A T A R E L L I at Gmail. Yep. Got it. I just threw that in the uh, in the chat box for oh, people right on, on the Facebook Live. Cool. So I'm sure there's a lot more that we could talk about with Shopify itself, but that was extremely helpful and. And kind of not to say we're, let's talk about Facebook ads and we're not allowed to talk about Shopify anymore, but how would yeah. you sort of bridge the gap, right? Like, so Shopify is just kind of where people purchase and Facebook is the ads. That's how you get people to Shopify, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, exactly. So when I'm creating a Facebook ad, uh, the first thing we want to start with is, is are we using an image ad or are we using a video? Um, you know, what works extremely well <coughs> which you wouldn't think it's kind of, it's, it seems counter counterintuitive is what works really well is just showing a video, like say I'm selling this mouse here of just a very, you know, you know, using with the cell phone, recording, you know, the actual product in your hand. And then that's the video. Those work extremely well. Um, it's just like a demo of the product. So if you have the product available, it's, it's really good just to make your own video. Um, for, for purposes of, of uh, not letting people copy you too. So, you know, a lot of times what will happen, especially in the dropshipping space is that people will have a product video and they'll immediately know, oh, I can go find that product and sell it too. So I'm just gonna copy this video and use it as my own. Even if there's like banners in there that are saying like, this is my store name that are floating around and things like that, um, they'll still copy it. But Facebook is, is really intelligent when it comes to knowing um, that there's a similar ad that's going around. So they're going to know who the source was and they're going to basically, they're, they're not going to give your ads preferential treatment. It'll basically, you'll, you're kind of like be going down downhill at a lot of times because they'll basically mark you without even telling you. That's the thing. They're still going to make money off of you, but they're not going to make your, your ad successful because you've stolen a, a, a video that didn't belong to you. So I would first recommend just shooting your own video. And if you can, if you know, you know, how to use um, video editing software, or if you can actually hire these guys on Fiverr and Upwork, um, fairly cheap, you know, probably five, $10 an hour, I think is, is probably, you know, a fair, fair amount to pay. Mm -hmm. And then they can put in, you know, details like, you know, 50% off this, this awesome mouse, you know, like little emojis in the screen really work well, like the little heart emojis. <laughs> Yeah, just showing like, you know, this is, oh my God, this is amazing. And to have that kind of text in the ad, 
uh, really worked well. And I would definitely have like your your store logo, in, you know, kind of either floating or moving around on the screen, so that if people are trying to rip you off, they're gonna have to like do that extra work to where it's showing your ad popping around your your store branding on the ad right so you want to make it hard for people to really copy and just take your stuff yeah or at least you know have your branding on it so if there's any if there's anybody that would uh you know doubt it it's it's showing like no this is this is my branding so got it and and just kind of in the vein of like uh facebook ad compliance because i know that um a lot of people have had issues including myself with Facebook ads. Yeah, um, yeah. Anything you recommend to make sure the ads stay on and don't get shut down or you lose an ad account? Right. So um, one of the most important things you can do with with just running your store is, and a lot of people don't know this, is making sure that you have, if you're selling a product that's shipping out to people, make sure you put the tracking codes in each order. Again, this is my backend team that's going to do this for every order. When you have that and like your 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 uh, your Shopify store is analyzed through Shopify payments with Facebook connected to it, because you're going to connect your pixel so that it can read all the data on your website. If you don't have a store that's actually putting the tracking numbers of everything you're shipping out, you're going to look very sketchy to to both Facebook, to Shopify payments, to any any other um, company that's integrated with your store. So you want to make sure you have that. So that that's, I'd say first step, make sure that you are diligent about, you know, giving your customers the information they need to know that they made a purchase that's safe. Um, and when you're making an ad, especially if it's a health product or a health based product, you can't say anything along the lines of like, say it's a neck massager. Do you have neck pain? Like yeah. ask those kind of questions. And another thing that they're really, they've, they've cracked down on when you're making an ad, you don't say, um, share this with a friend or tag, tag a friend. If it's an ad and it has that kind of copy in there, your ad's going to get, um, your ad's going to get non-preferential treatment and you're not going to do well with it. So, um, there, there are ways around it where you can say, you know, do you know anyone who needs this with like a little emoji that's kind of like questioning, you know, what, does, does anybody else that you know need this? You're not telling them to share, right? but it's kind of, you know, implying <laughs> hey. it'd be nice if you shared this with somebody. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Um, yeah. So the other thing is, um, well, not the other thing. So that was more, the question was more about just kind of staying on Facebook's good side. Right. Yeah. 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 Just making sure you stay out of trouble and yeah. like, especially if you have a winning ad set and making sure that as you scale it, for example, it does it, you don't lose it later. Cause like yeah. it's one thing to get an ad not approved, but it's, it's much more another to have yeah. a really good juicy ad set that you have doing a hundred or 300 a day with yeah. a good ROI and it's the algorithms all dialed in. And mm -hmm. then you get that email. It's like your, your live ad has been disapproved. Yeah, that's that's the the kiss of death from. <laughs> so how do you stay away from that? Well, I mean, they basically have their guidelines available for anyone to read. So yeah. whatever product or, or service that you're 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 promoting, you know, take a quick overview of what they're telling you what you can and you can't do. Most of the time, it's it's very kind of common sense type things, but some of them are are less. Um, let, let, like, like you wouldn't know. How would I not know I couldn't do this particular uh, ad? And oftentimes they'll, if they disapprove you, you can actually 
you know, reach out and say, hey, why did this get disapproved? And, and oftentimes they'll tell you, oh, well, you had this either on your landing page or you had uh, something in the copy or something that made it uh, against their standards. So if, yeah. you, know, if you, you stay on the up and up, you should be fine. But if, they, you know, there's small little nuances like that they, they don't like. Like I said, if you put tag and share with your friends, they might disapprove it because they've already told you you're not allowed to do that. Like that's a new rule. You're not allowed to do that with your ad. Yep. That's, and that kind of reminds me of another point, which is, you know, when you're running a Facebook ad or any type of ad, Google ad, YouTube, these people, these, uh, these providers, these ad, you know, ad, not ad buyers, we're the ad buyer, but these ad platforms, they care about the landing page and they'll check this step too. So a lot of times I've had ads disapproved and then I, I can't figure out why. And then it's, and, and the problem with Facebook that I have not encountered as much with Google, for example, is you can reach out to Google and they'll tell you, they'll give you more transparency yeah. because Facebook is so big and either understaffed or their, um, their advertising platform is uh, a lot of the people aren't very intelligent or they're not mm -hmm. trained very well. So they often don't even know why. And Facebook ads are often policed by artificial intelligence a lot more Definitely. than by, than by humans. Um, yeah. Whereas Google has much more robust, like human um scanning and profiling and you can call google and they'll say hey it's because yeah. of this so yeah. if you have a facebook ad that gets disapproved and you have no idea why and the ad and the copy is really clean mm -hmm. check the landing page or your shopify page because there might be stuff on the shopify page which is deceptive or spammy or like making false promises yeah. and facebook doesn't want you to promote that site or that yeah. store and that's a good point. Actually, I just thought of uh, you. You always want to make sure that your your Shopify store has terms and conditions, yes. uh, refund policy pages, yes. all yes. those all those pages that most consumers never really look at that much, um, unless they're concerned about whether or not they can get a refund. But that that information is more on the back end for everybody else you're doing business, like Stripe, PayPal, um, you know, Shopify payments they want to make sure that you have everything in place as far as terms and conditions of doing business with your website, uh, readily available for any customer. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, really important to have all those disclosures and even something along the lines of this store is not affiliated with Facebook in any way. Facebook right. likes to see stuff like that. Yep. Um, also just quickly want to give a shout out to people who are watching right now. So, Hey, David, Matt, Scott, Tyler, Tommy, Jason, um, if you guys have any questions, feel free to drop them in the, in the Facebook live chat box here. We're also live at brendanszoom.com. So if anyone wants to hop in, Jen's on the uh, site with us now. So you're all more than welcome to come in here if you want, um, or just drop comments down below in the Facebook chat. If you have any specific questions, we're talking about Facebook ads and Shopify stores with the expert, the best Shopify guy in Brooklyn, New York, Paul Mattarelli. And uh, I had a, one other quick question kind of about the email follow-up stuff. Yep. Um, and and I, I know, because I'm wearing my ManyChat shirt today. I went down to the uh, ManyChat yeah. event. In Austin, right? Yeah, it was down in Austin, Texas. Right. It was a blast. And I, I'm already thinking, like, for this store, and, and like, I want to do Shopify myself, um, having ManyChat, because that's a good way to capture people before they make any purchase. Do you ever do anything along the lines of like pre-buy email capture and then following up to get the first sale, meaning exit intent, they're about to leave. Oh, here's grab this coupon for future products if you put your email in. Do you yeah. ever do that or you always wait because you're high volume, you don't really need to do that? Well, 
we I do, yeah. And so I, I definitely have an exit intent, but I you know, a lot of people do use many chat and I've heard great things about it. It's just one of those um particular uh, products that I haven't taken the time to really invest in and really understand all the ins and outs of. So if I were to, you know, dive into that, it's just, it's just time management of what I'm working on now and what I'm sure. you know, trying to do. I have the store that works and it's, you know, working perfectly the way it is. So I haven't taken that road yet, but it's definitely something we'll look at in, in 2019. Yeah, for sure. And then, and then just on the email side of things, do you ever do any pre-purchase email capture or only after... Well, the pre-purchase would be the abandoned cart email sequence. So right. that's an important thing. In my store, I always have, there's a box that you can check off or un, you can check it or uncheck it, which is automatic, like have it pre-checked for the customer when they're in and they added something to their cart. When they add their email in, I'm, I have it pre-checked that they're going to be getting emails from me. They're going to be getting promotions from me. Right. Uh, when they have to do the user intent themselves and actually check that box themselves, it's going to kill how many emails you can collect. Like the most important thing is developing a relationship with your customers. So when when I basically have the um, the customers coming into my store, that's pre-checked, and what they will they will enter their email in, and if they didn't purchase, they're going to get an email sequence of three emails about just that product they were looking at so that's going to be like hey this is we're keeping this on hold for you uh if you come back now and then the next thing is like it's going fast we're gonna we're, we can't hold it anymore and then the last one is like this is your last chance but they're still in my email list so like the next week they're going to get a blast that says these are the hottest products that we're loving this week here's a discount code to get 15 percent off all of them store-wide you know those kind of things so they're still going to be a part of my funnel uh, even after they don't purchase, it could take 18 emails before they, they find something they like. And by the way, right now is the best time if anyone is is it has a Shopify store or they're, they're doing it. It's 4Q right now. So everyone is in gift buying mode uh, for the holidays. So yes. uh, now is the time if, you, if you're if you on the fence about doing it is definitely if you make mo most of your money in your store is ever going to make is going to be made in 4Q. So this is we're in we're in prime buying season right now. <laughs> Yeah, no, this is prime time for sure. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask you just kind of as an aside. So um, I, I'm, I ultimately want to launch my, you know, we've been talking more in the context of a, a proper Shopify store. Mm -hmm. um, for someone who has just kind of like one shirt or one book, right, that they just want to kind of sell. And could, because Spotify, uh, Spotify, Shopify is, um, I think the basic plan is like 29 a month, right? Yes. And so do you, are you paying like the 79 a month? Like, how did you determine where you were going to be on that spectrum? I don't actually, I still have the, the $29 a month plan because yeah. I have a lot of plugins and, and, and integrations into the store that I think my store ends up being like $80 a month anyway. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I'm not really getting is very detailed backend analytics, but the only analytics I care about is how many people have purchased from me and how much money that I make. So yeah. it, it's, you know, people can disagree with me on it, but I've, I've had the, the $70 version. The, I think it's the mid range uh, package. Yeah. I've had it and I didn't even use the, the bells and whistles cause I didn't need to. So my, my thinking is it's not, um, it's definitely not a must. If you want that data later on, I would say get it later on once you're once you're making a lot of money in your store. But 
first starting out, I would 100% just use the um, the initial $30 a month. Got it. Uh, I have another question, but I'm frying in here. It's so hot for November. I got to get my air conditioner control. Let's take a 30-second timeout. Certainly. crazy november i don't even need a coat yeah <laughs> um so okay so my, the question i was going to ask is if i just have kind of one product like theoretically i could just embed and i i mean i have click funnels which you know it costs 100 bucks a month so right. theoretically if i could just learn how to build my own landing page i would just get shopify instead and then do that but like for just kind of one product yeah and, do you think it's okay to just make kind of a sales page for that product? Or do you recommend just having a shot? Like how, how do you resonate? Like I have my own business, right? BrendanHBurns.com, And I do a lot of podcast courses, all the stuff. And right. if I, if I wanted like a one product page or a few products, how do you like think about the main website versus Shopify? Can you, would you just like say products at the top of your menu bar and your website? And then it takes you out to the Shopify store. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I would do. Um, I would basically, and I've, and I've been consulting a few different uh, uh, companies that, that kind of have different things, just like you're mentioning. And, um, you know, if, if you just want to have that one product attached to it, just create a, a, a you know, basic Shopify page. And if it's only the one product, I would make that link clickable to the product page. You, know, right. you don't need to go to the home page of the site that you made. It's, it's Too many steps. Better. Yeah. Take them to the, the page. Like I like I said earlier, it's the, the least number of steps possible to get them from point A to point B. That's what right. you want. Typically, you want three steps. You know, add this to the cart, enter in your information, and then click purchase. Like that's that's as streamlined selling online as you can get, and that's what you really want. Yeah, yeah, and okay. And are you optimizing mostly to mobile, or do you like do you have that breakdown? It, it optimizes itself and you can see what it looks like as you're building out your your shopify store what it looks like on tablet mobile and, and it, it optimizes on its own so that's that's a huge benefit got it well and and you yeah. took um adrian morrison's course yes yeah i did he was the one that initially got me into uh you know e-commerce and since then i worked with guys like john mack and joaquin corrales and yeah uh just a number of, of really bright guys that, that do very well in this space amazing yeah and, and just I, I know we're coming up on an hour so like just on the facebook ad side you know we talked about user generated video demos split testing a lot obviously the retargeting any other sort of must do's or must yeah. avoids on facebook yeah. ads definitely so uh first of all facebook is not a buyer intent platform so that's the thing that you, everyone needs to kind of understand from the get-go right people are there to, to to see what their friends are up to they're not there to shop so what the most important thing with facebook ads is you have to interrupt their pattern as they're scrolling through they have to see your ad and they have to like stop um and by the way when they do do that facebook is going to give you brownie points because they know that people are stopping on your ad and they're like oh this is something that people are, are engaged with so they're, they're already going to, that's going to help what's called your relevance score. Yeah. It's kind of like a backend tool that lets you know how, how much Facebook is basically putting priority to your ad. So when you got a, a, a relevance score of, 
uh, nine or ten, you're you're golden. You know this ad. The Facebook loves this ad that you've created, and they're going to help you to, to get this thing soaring. So, um, the pattern interrupt. This is what you really want to do. Is basically, I use a lot of emojis, and I use a question. Like for example, let's go back to like the neck massager. Like, um, what kind of question? Or no, let's let's use something that's different. Like not like something medical related. Like let's say let's use the unicorn example. Like, do you love unicorns? And if because you want always want your prospect to be like that's me he's talking to me you know yeah. so if i'm if i'm targeting people who like unicorns and i ask the question do you like unicorns they're thinking to themselves already that's me and then they're gonna look and oh it's 50 percent off today and free shipping i like that's a deal now we're now we're like now we're in the process of their mindset and saying this is already a deal i kind of like that product click this link and you'll get taken there to get 50 percent off and once they get there, they're going to see the social trust, the, the countdown, the, so it's a limited time offer. This is something they like. Just move forward and, and get them to buy. Like that's, that's the whole process of sales. Got it. Yeah, one thing that I did when I was doing my Instagram ads was I had a piece of paper, and it said like 100,123, and it was like I was holding it up. And yeah. then there was like, are you interested, question mark. That was that's the it. And then everyone's like stops and then they read the ad yeah. and they're like, what does that number mean? Exactly. It's a yeah. curiosity. It's a pattern interrupt. And when you kind of implement that perfectly, you're going to get um, people's attention. You're going to get them to uh, read further, which is exactly what you want. That's the whole purpose is to interrupt their pattern. So you get them to stop and then present your offer. You show them how to get to that product in a very clean and efficient way which you use with URL redirects. For example, you don't want it to be like mystore.com slash product slash collection slash right, 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 Just a nice clean. Mystore slash yes. product. And that's what's called a URL redirect. So yes, pretty. Yeah. yeah, I like I like pretty links. Yeah, pretty links are, are very important. Yeah, yeah. And you can use, I don't know about if, if you do this with Facebook ads, but just in my own business, you can get a free Bitly account and like I use Bitly a lot, or or I use my website a lot, and there's a WordPress plugin called Pretty Links. So, okay, yeah. for yeah. example, like my Calendly, if you want to get on my calendar, it's yeah. it's brendanhburns.com/talk. I like that. That, that like redirects, that. and then yeah, I mean redirects. just, and then my Zoom, um, I actually bought a domain to yeah. redirect. Oh, I like yeah. that. Yeah, brendanzoom.com. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, so one, one thing on that though, yeah. I just want to say for yeah. anyone who is in, in interested or doing drop shipping, be wary of Bitly or Google shorteners. Yeah. And the reason I say that is if I see a competitor that's using that, I'm going to immediately click on that, that or copy that URL and I'm going to hit a plus at the end and I'm going to see exactly how many clicks they get. And if it's still a product they're promoting. Right. So you get it as a, as a you know marketer, I can every Bitly link I see, I actually do some research and do the plus sign in in the uh, yeah. in the field just to see what their metrics are. I want to see what you know how many clicks are they getting. If this is a product that's getting you know sixteen thousand clicks a day, I might be interested in testing that product. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that that's why I was hesitant yeah. to say um, even for Facebook ads or for this. Yeah, so don't, don't don't use Bitly links. Use URL redirects so that people you know are are left you know wondering. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I just I, I use that kind of personally. Like I, I like the even many chat lets you um, and webinar jam. They they give you options for pretty links and yeah, it's a good thing to use. And they're they're a great thing to use. I would that was only this the thing I would uh, be wary of if you're using it. People can and will see you know if you're still promoting that ad, how many how much traffic you're getting, and then can kind of calculate based on that how many sales you're getting. You know if they're if they're a good marketer. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Tommy asks, do you have an Instagram account for your products? Uh, I do. Yeah. I, I, I create an Instagram account for the, uh, the store and, uh, basically we run, um, promotions through that, through that, um, through that particular site to, you know, drive traffic to the store. Got it. And do you, when you run Facebook ads, do you do anything for Instagram ads or you're mostly just focusing on Facebook? Uh, yeah, well, again it comes down to split testing some some products and some ads and work better on instagram than they do on facebook and vice versa so right. you, you basically it comes down to when you're analyzing the data uh to see which one works better and then you optimize you know to cut out which is not working which is and you, then you start really segmenting so i usually start out with a pretty broad audience uh you know 18 to 65 plus and you're gonna understand the data once it's coming in. Who's who's buying this product? It might just be women 25 to 34, and so that then you're gonna just you know create another ad set only targeting the people that are in that age group that are buying. You're only gonna be using targeting them on the the platform that works better, Instagram or Facebook, and you know you really start segmenting. You can segment down to device, uh, what kind of devices they're buying more of, whether it's on iPhones or Droids. Yeah. Uh, so you can get really granular as to how you're reaching your your target uh, buyers, and then uh, you know as you do that, you're going to build lists, and I make custom lists all the time. So we're using lookalike audiences, which, are, which typically work the best. Yeah. You know, for Facebook ads, you start with interest targeting, and then you get further and further of custom audiences and lookalikes, and that's when you know you really, really start to take off your business and, and do really well. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I'm actually just in the Facebook Ads Manager right now. Um, where do you go to get the uh, the data on like the age groups and everything? Uh, it's on the right hand side. Yeah, of, uh, it's it's a hard thing to do. Let's see if I can pull it up quickly myself. To... I thought it was under <laughs> delivery. It's not delivery. You go. You go by. Um... Because I remember looking at this and I was able to look at the data and say, oh, like, which he, because then you just duplicate the ad set and you show it only to those people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, this is, you know, just firing up my internet. A little slow at the moment. But... No, no worries. It, yeah, there's some kind of breakdown, I remember. Uh, yeah, oh, breakdown. Yeah, breakdown. Yeah, I think it's actually just called breakdown. Yeah, breakdown by delivery by, yeah, and you can go by age, gender, business yeah. location. Yeah. yeah. So it's breakdown right in the right-hand side within your ad manager. Yeah. Sweet. I spent four euros today and I got 549 clicks on my Instagram account. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> That's a very low cost per click. So. Yeah. Well, I'm just promoting, I'm promoting to a low demographic to grow my Instagram following. Yeah. Um, good. Cool, man. Uh, well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. What would you say in closing kind of like for people to take away their interest in Facebook ads, Shopify store? What's the best yeah. advice you have? Um, you know, dive in. If you have questions, just shoot me an email. I'd be happy to, to schedule a time to talk with you and see if you wanted my help with anything. But, you know, now if you're going to start, 
if anything, promoting any product, doing anything, now would be the time because it's 4Q and this is where we make uh, a bulk of the money for the season. So if that's that's what you're into, this is this is the time. This is it, man. Well, Paul Matarelli at gmail.com. His email is in the chat. Thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure, Brandon. It's been fun.